Check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt Rajavi. It is a pleasure to be here for another week, another episode. Um, and welcome back to the show that critics are calling. I like to fast forward to the end. Huh. All right. That's kind of a cop. No, it's not even, not even close to that. Um, but any whoozle, welcome back to the show. Uh, we'll start with the checking in slash a few other types of segments. Uh, but basically, for me, big news, and I, whenever this happens, because it was so rare, I felt like, in my life. But now I've noticed that it's been kind of quite a bit since I've done the podcast. But I finished a book. I read, started, and finished. Maybe put down for a month or two, but then finished a book. Um, this one is called Maximum Bob by Elmore Leonard, who's a great writer. You've probably seen, if you've seen Get Shorty, uh, that was him. Um, and I did it in honor of Justified coming out, which is a great TV show. And he's known for, you know, he's, I think he passed a few years ago, at least maybe five. Um, but he's known for his dialogue, just great dialogue. And to be honest, this book whipped by, I read it in a few days because it's, his dialogue is so massive and it's just, it's so easy to, to whip through that the book goes by. Um, most of his books go by and really quick. So um, I recommend those if you're into kind of crime fiction um, and quirky dialogue as that one is. Also, I've been reading a book called The 90s by Chuck Klosterman, who's a great writer, kind of a uh, media critic and critic on pop culture and all sorts of different things. Um, and I'm almost halfway through that book, and it's great. It's got some awesome essays. He's super funny and super smart and has a lot of interesting things in there, stuff that people probably knew. But um, I definitely didn't. I didn't realize, like, for one, let's see, I bookmarked this. Um, they talk about the VCR, which is, you know, I'm a huge fan of been using a lot lately um i told this story before but i was looking for a vcr t like uh tv tv vcr combo and uh my parents said oh well your uncle said he has that and i went to go pick it up and it was actually just the tv and then a, a vcr separate but he just wanted to get rid of the tv <laughs> <laughs> so, but I use the VCR. I use that VCR all the time. Um, but this was interesting to me. I didn't realize this, that um, in 1980, less than 1% of American households owned a VCR. And the reason was because of the cost. Because in 75, that was the earliest retail VCRs. Uh, they were priced at $1,000 from between that and $1,400. By 85, the price had dropped to under 400 with some models as cheap as 169 so that's crazy and i that's why i feel like i got by with a steal i only had to pay 300 for that my uncle made me pay 300 for that no not not true we got it for free but um great gift and one that i use all the time but uh let's see what else did I, oh also um little this is all his books are great for filling up your brain and bringing to trivia night. Like, I don't know if, do you know the name Elwood Edwards? Well, he's the guy, the voice actor who's 
name or his uh, voice is the one that goes, you've got mail. Back in the 90s when the uh, old dial-up internet would tell you that you're on AOL. So there you go. There's some useless facts to kick off the show. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to get in a little bit of uh, comic book news, too, and tell you what's uh, um, good to check out this week. For me, uh, some of the series that I've been following uh, that just came out on Wednesday, um, continuing in the series, of course, is Detective Comics 1058, which is great. That's a long ways to go for a series. But a very solid issue this week, um, including as well, there is along those same lines, um, let's see, I did say that one, uh, Detective Comics 1058, but also Action Comics 1041. Two long-running series, but both very solid, and especially this week. Uh, Harley Quinn number 13 came out. Very good. This series has been consistently um, epic and great. Deathstroke number 7, very good as well. Um, Human Target is a series a lot of people have been really loving. I've been loving it as well, too. Um, I don't know if it's absolutely as great as the hype, but it is a good series. Um, so definitely, you know, continue to, to check that out. Um, and Human Target, too, is... And Human Target is uh, DC Comics and written by Tom King, great writer, wrote a lot for Batman. Um, highly recommend that series. Give that, uh, give that a shout out. Also, uh, number one this week, we have Demons number one from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, very good. Looks like a solid uh, horror-ish comic book series. So check that out. Um, and then also, let's see, New Stranger Things, Kamchatka, number one of four, came out this week. And then Maniac of New York, Bronx Burning, number four, um, just came out. This one is uh, Maniac of New York, the first run of issues. was really solid, I thought. But uh, kind of slow moving on the second one is my opinion, but still worth checking out um, a horror slasher set in New York. So there you go. That is your checking in slash comic book review slash book review. From there, let's move to some TV. Uh, I've been watching a lot of really good TV this week, and uh, I've got a bunch of good shows that I can uh, recommend and check out. Uh, they finally dropped Impeachment, the American Crime Story series uh, from American Horror Story creators. Um, and this is the third season of the American Crime Story, and this is all based off of Bill Clinton and the impeach impeachment and Monica Lewinsky and all that, and Linda Tripp. And so I've only watched the first episode, and they introduced Bill Clinton right at the very end. I think it was a nice touch. Uh, really solid episode, though, and is a series that I'm looking forward to. I know it's got kind of mixed reviews, um, but those shows are usually pretty pretty solid. Uh, this week, I've also checked out LOL Canada, which I think is a really great concept and idea for a show. You get a bunch of comedians in a room, um, and it's for six hours, and then they break it down into six half-hour shows. And the comics are all trying to make each other laugh. And you get one freebie. 
you can, and it's also, you can't even break a smile, which I think is pretty harsh rules, but it's good because it kind of moves the elimination process along. But you can't smile, you can't laugh. Um, and this one is, I don't think they have an LOL in the United States version of their show, but they do have a Canadian version um, that I've been watching. And I'm halfway through and really enjoying it. So that's LOL Canada. Jay Baruchel is the host, who you've seen in a bunch of you know Seth Rogen movies and Judd Apatow movies and Freaks and Geeks, I believe. Um, let's see. May Martin is one of the comedians. John LaHoy, Tom Green, Caroline Ray, Colin Mockery, Trevor Wilson, Dave Foley, Deborah Dio, Dio Giovanni, Andrew Fung, a um, bunch of Canadian comics, all of these guys and gals, but uh, really, really good. I highly recommend uh, that show. And even uh, people that aren't even big into reality TV, this is one of the good ones. Um, also, this week's solid episode from The Connors. In this one, you've got uh, Tom Arnold and um, Dan. He plays Dan, of course, from... Uh, um, if you watch, I watched Roseanne too back in the day and had re started rewatching it too. Still so solid and really good. Um, kind of cool that Norm MacDonald wrote on a few of the episodes as well. Um, but anyways, uh, Becky has been having a romance with her college professor. And so this, um, you actually see it kind of implode. They get caught. He gets fired from his professorial job. Um, and the only kind of complaint on the episode is that they wrap it up pretty neatly. He ends up getting his job back in kind of a weird way. Um, and I just kind of thought that, that was a little unbelievable. But listen, it's TV. You know what I mean? You're not tuning in to find the most believable stuff. But I do think it was still a really good episode. Um, the Their neighbor, Dan's neighbor, who's Tom, or uh, I think I did say uh, um, Tom Arnold, but is... Uh, um, not that it's um, John Goodman. Wow, that's kind of funny because Tom Arnold was uh, Roseanne's husband. So, uh, but anyways, John Goodman, who plays Dan, um, he his neighbor he decides to go and check on him because he hasn't heard from him, and the neighbor's been having a tough time. His wife's in the hospital and all that, and I, it's a good message currently of you just you don't know what your neighbors are going through, and check in on them, check in on your loved ones, and just see how they are. Um, it's uh, some people might really need it. So that was my sappy message for the week. Uh, let's see other episodes I've been watching Keenan. I've been catching up on the second season. Love it so far. Three episodes in uh, love and Beth. I saw the first one from Amy Schumer. Solid start. Um, brutally um, honest and uh, really touching and dealing with grief. Um, very intense. Uh, Mr. Mayor uh, second season is not doing a ton for me right now, but I'm hoping that kind of, I love the first season. It's one of my favorite shows. So hopefully that kind of keeps, you know, or kicks into high gear. So there you go. Those are some good shows to check out this week. All right, from there, let's move on to some entertainment news. So some random 
random entertainment news stories of the week for you. One being, I went to go check into my Disney Plus account and I had to set up a pin so that I could watch the mature content. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, mature content, Disney? What, 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 what? Um, but so because they've brought the shows that the Marvel shows that were on Netflix, they brought those over to Disney because some of them are kind of, or they are the TV mature rating. They've had to put that on there just so people are aware and can set, uh, parental controls if need be. So there you go. That was pretty crazy. And so there was some backlash when this was announced last week. I was looking at an article about it. Um, so yeah, so apparently, um, and there was a press release issued last week by the Parents Television Media Council, um, and they were deriding Disney for opting to move those Marvel TV shows that used to live on Netflix to move them over to Disney+. Plus. Um, so there you go. So that was pretty crazy, uh, and people are up in arms about it. And some people think that it was, you know, that it was kind of laying it on a little thick. Um, and so this is from the PTC. And uh, it basically is saying that for more than 98 years, the Walt Disney Company has been synonymous with the words family friendly. And I can think of no other corporation in American history that has been built more squarely on the backs and on the wallets of parents and families. This is from the group president, Tim Winter. He says it seems wildly off brand for Disney Plus to add TV, MA, and R rated programming to this platform, ostensibly to create subscription revenue and then he added so what comes next adding live striptease performances in fantasy land at disney world well that might be that might be just a little bit of an exaggeration but um yeah i don't think it's the the end of the world i think you're still gonna have you know the majority of it's gonna be family friendly um content so i think uh, no worries there um samuel jackson news uh this came out last week that, um, you know, he's known for cursing a lot in his, in his flicks, but apparently the top spot for the most swear words in a movie history has been given to Jonah Hill. Um, and then the second spot was Leonardo DiCaprio. And so that was all for, um, Martin Scorsese's film, um, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, and, Samuel L. Jackson said that that is, he's calling BS on that. And he says, I mean, no way, man. That's what he said. Locking in the third spot, he got 301. Samuel L. Jackson got 301 words for swear words. And he said, it was a close call since uh, Hill had 376 and DiCaprio had 361. And Jackson stands strong. He says, I don't believe it. He goes, somebody has miscounted. I got to agree with him. I think you got to do a recount on that one. Um, this one, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been tapped to play Johnny Carson in a new biopic series titled King of Late Night. Um, yeah, I'd have to see how he does it. I think sometimes he does his facial impressions just take me right out of it. Um, so we'll see. Like there's times when he was playing the young Bruce Willis in Looper where I was like, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of took me out of it, but he could, he could totally nail it. So, uh, we'll have to watch for that or not. Mm-hmm.
All right, from there, we'll do some random news of the week. This one is a firefighter climbed a 30-foot-tall cell phone tower on Wednesday to rescue a cat that was spotted stranded high up on the structure. This was the Poon P-U-N-E Fire Brigade and local animal rescue volunteers responded to the tower in, uh, in that area. Um, it was on the terrace of the three-story Sunder Corner. A firefighter climbed the tower and attempted to lure the feline into a basket. The fire brigade said that he was unable or he was able to wrangle the cat after a couple of failed capture attempts. And then he brought the cat safely back down to the ground. I love those stories when they say they, you know, did they need to point out that there was a couple failed attempts? <laughs> like the guy, he, he achieved the goal of getting the cat out of the uh, tree, right? And, uh, you know, he's going to read that and just focus on, yeah, yep, failed attempts. Glad they mentioned that in the press. Uh, this guy's risking his life for uh, for somebody's cat, and they're like, uh, you know what? He could have done better. There's more he could have done. Uh, the cat was returned to its owners. I kind of wonder, should it be? Seems like they might not be the best owners in the world. I don't know. Um they uh, misremembered where their cat was for a while. <laughs> I remember walking out of my apartment one day and hearing uh, meow. And I looked up and a cat was stuck at the top of the tree. And I was like, oh, this is my moment. This is my moment to be a hero. Um, no, not to go up into the tree. Uh-uh. No way. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would never happen. But this was my moment to maybe call somebody. <laughs> and have them do it for me. Call the fire department or see if they could send somebody. But just then, as I was gonna do that, the cat started falling and was just like, hit every branch on the way down. So that was a sight to behold, but the cat was fine. That was like, might've taken eight of its nine lives, but it was definitely seemed in good spirits after. Um, all right, quick uh, Guinness world record. A British competitive eater broke a record that was eating 19 chicken nuggets in one minute. Um, this too, she says she attempted to eat 20 nuggets in one minute, but only finished 19. <laughs> that too, if it's, if it's a world record, you don't need to mention that she was that she failed what she was originally trying to go for. Um, you know what I mean? As if the story didn't make you look bad enough. <laughs> Not really, though. I don't think it's it's bad. I, I fully support this type of record and all that. Because in high school, you know, people would be like, oh, this quarterback is so great. He scored like 80 million touchdowns or, you know, um, this and that, all kind of sports related. And I'd be like, oh, that's great. But uh, I can do something better. I can drink soda really fast. Um, that actually should be uh, an available Guinness record. Because I think I would be... A very good competitor at that one. So there you go. That was 12.42 ounces of chicken nugget, if, that's, if you were wondering. Um, previously, she earned record titles in categories including fastest time to eat uh, three mince pies, fastest time to eat three pickled eggs, uh, fastest time to eat a muffin with no hands, <laughs> most marshmallows eaten in one minute with no hands, and most tomatoes, tomatoes, uh, tomatoes eaten in one minute, and most chicken nuggets eaten in three minutes. So there you go. Um, you know, it's important to celebrate all achievements. 
I truly feel like that. Um, this is crazy. So where do you think of as a great spot for pizza? I would go New York. Everyone always says that's the place you go to get a great slice of pizza, right? Um, but they just came out with a list of the top 15 cities for pizza, and New York is not on that list. They ranked 22nd, which is crazy. I bet you people are going to be upset about that. Uh, Minneapolis came in at 13, which I thought was pretty impressive. But for the top three, you had Columbus, Cleveland, and then number one is Detroit, which I did not see coming. So I guess we should all vacation in Detroit? Huh. All right, let's move to some advice. If you have any advice questions, please feel free to reach out at notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. That is notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. We'll try to get to your question on a future episode of Not Good. So uh, there you go with that. And we'll start this week with a question. A person is very upset that their partner doesn't read. She wrote, my partner doesn't read. They like to buy books sometimes, bring them home. Uh, so we'll apparently accumulate a lot of them, but never crack them open. Um, and she says, you know, I know everyone's got periods where they read less or none at all. Um, I certainly have, and I did not like it, but I think my partner's depriving themselves of one of life's greatest pleasures. So she wants to know, you know, she doesn't want to come off as insulting or condescending. I feel like too late. <laughs> No, not really. I don't know. I do think when you talk about books too, sometimes it, uh, because people just don't have time to read too. A lot of it is that, um, you can come off as kind of sounding condescending, um, which it shouldn't be. I mean, books and reading books, I don't think is like a snobby hobby, snobby hobby. Sounds like a new segment of the show. Um, but yeah, she wants to know how would I suggest helping somebody rediscover this. Well, I think, I think you got to break up with this person. Um, or you got to just say that you won't kiss them unless they read a book, deny them your love and support. <laughs> uh, no, some people just don't read books. I think you just have to deal with that. Move on. Um, it is, it's listen, you can't always like the same thing, the same hobbies and, for me, you know, I just talked about this at the top of the show. It is so tough to find time to read a book. I like starting it and being able to get back to it whenever I can. And I was kind of down on myself for not reading a lot. But when I've thought about it, I've had quite a few book reviews in here. I've, I've read several. So I'm like, oh, that's not too bad. Because this show hasn't even been on for a year yet. Um, coming up, anniversary. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So there you go. I think it's uh, one of those things you got to just let go, in my opinion. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Oh, someone says, help. My friends let me live rent-free, but I'm disgusted by what they do around the house. Can I tell them to tone it down? You know, I would say, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. 
but then you're going to find yourself without a home at all. <laughs> I think, no, I don't think you say anything unless you start paying rent. I truly feel like you have no say on that. Um, some people would totally di disagree with me and I get that. Um, you can be nice about it. You can bring up stuff um, in a nice way, but it might not hold much water too. Cause if they're like, they could very well be like, listen, we're letting you stay here rent free. You know what I mean? Suck it up. <laughs> um, or, you know, if that becomes an issue, just pitch in a couple of dollars. You know, you can find a couple of dollars in the couch cushions even. That's their money probably. And then <laughs> just give it back to them. And then, then you're entitled to an opinion on your apartment that you're paying rent for. Um, but otherwise, yeah. I think it's one of those things. Be thankful for what you got. And it depends. You know, they didn't specify what they're doing around the house. Besides, it says like kind of leaving dirty dishes and all that. Um, that, if anything, could be a way for you to earn your keep there. Just go in, do some of the dishes. You know what I mean? They'll be surprised. They'll love it. And they won't feel like you're, you know, so much of a nuisance, which I know they probably don't. But even at a certain point, you know, it's easy for that to shift and for them to be like, oh, okay, this person's been living rent free now for quite a while. It's getting to be kind of a squatter situation. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving to the movies segment of the week. So I've watched a bunch of movies this week and uh, soaked up a bunch of those. And I did get a request from a listener of the Not Good program. And so I was going to read that. Um, Nick writes, hey, Matt, longtime listener, first time caller. I hold the movie Airborne from 1993 in high regard and believe it to be the career jump off for Jack Black and Seth Green. It's clearly an early 90s genre movie that lacks depth, but nostalgia runs hard for this film. Do you share the same affinity for this movie or another arguably bad movie from this era? I'd love for an in-depth discussion of extreme sports comedy movies. Love ya and love the podcast. Uh, well, thank you for that. I, um, right back at you. And as far as, so a couple of things, one airborne, I remember it being a great movie and I remember seeing it in the third grade for one of my birthday parties. That was the big thing. It was taking a bunch of kids, you know, that would be my birthday every year would be just going to see a movie. I think I saw Ace Ventura. Um, that was one of the big ones I remembered. Wayne's world two, I think. So those were the highlights of my birthday parties. I love those. Um, and I remember that movie being good, but I, it's one of those ones where, you know, I do share that affinity, what I remember it. I remember it being very good. 
Um, and I'd like to see it again. And I tried to look out for it and I didn't see it on any streaming service. I might just have to pay for it and uh, check it out and see if it holds up. But I find that sometimes that isn't always the case. Like Willow was one of my all-time favorite movies as a kid. I loved Willow. Warwick Davis, Ron Howard directed it. Uh, George Lucas wrote it. And so that one I watched this week. And that's one of those ones where nostalgia did run hard for me for that movie and it's still great it's a great movie but it definitely doesn't hold up to what i remember it being as when i saw it as a kid i remember watching it a ton of times when i was a kid and thinking it was one of the most fast-paced insane movies i had ever seen and watching it now it was hard to not be kind of bored to tears in certain parts of it again still think it was great and wrapped up really nicely but and seeing young Val Kilmer is always great but uh yeah I can definitely definitely understand those assessments of a movie that um in your mind seems so much better than they were um as far as extreme sports comedy movies I'm gonna have to you know we'll have we'll definitely we'll make a I'll make a list um and come up with those I definitely think um Extreme sports, you know, it's not an extreme sport per se, but some would argue that it is. Basketball is one that definitely um, stands out as one of the best ones. Bench warmers is a, another solid one. And then, of course, you have the classics like uh, dodgeball. Um, so there you go. Those are a few of my favorites. Thanks for writing in. Again, feel free to write in at notgoodwithmat at gmail.com. Also, this week saw two brand new movies um, in theaters, one that has been out for a while, which was um, uh, Death on the Nile, which is the Herc Perot movie. Um, and it was great. I actually liked it. It's a long one, but it's, uh, it's good. Kenneth Branagh is Perot, um, and Gal Gadot is in it. Awesome. And Army Hammer's in it, which is kind of weird to see because he's had a lot of um, you know, bad press with doing some pretty awful things. You can look that up on your own time. Um, but yeah. Um, also, I saw in theaters X, which is Ty West's new horror movie starring Mia Goth as uh, two roles. Uh, it's got Martin Henderson. It's got Kid Cudi. And it was great. Um, and uh, yeah, really solid horror movie. Excellent. It's got you know a lot of um, nods to other horror movies. Um, the one that definitely jumps out first for me is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even on how it looks, is very similar, but really solid movie. Ty West has made some really good ones, including House of the Devil and The Innkeepers. So check out this new one. That'll give that one a good, and I'll give Death on the Nile a good as well. Um, the protege I saw too, if you want just a, you know, just kind of dumb action movie that's on Amazon prime and is really, it's on Amazon prime and worth your time. I'll give a not good to that review, but, uh, I'll give a good to the protege as well. So there you go. Some good ones to check out. Um, oh, I did also see a classic, which is the Molly Maguire's 70, 1970 movie that stars Sean Connery and Richard Harris. Um, and it's based on the 1964 book about the Molly Maguires. And it's set in the late 19th century in Pennsylvania. 
It's about an undercover detective sent to a coal mining community to expose a secret society of Irish American miners um, who were battling exploitation at the hand of their owners. So it was a team. The Molly Maguires were this organization that uh, would fight oppressive mine owners. So they'd plant gunpowder to destroy plant shafts um, and equipment. So kind of been doing that. And so this detective was employed to infiltrate a very interesting story, but that's one of those ones too, that it's uh, you know, movie from the seventies like that is the pacing is intense. I'm glad I saw it, but I'll have to give it on current standards and not good just cause it's, it's one I had to watch in two viewings. So just know that going into it. Um, it's not a fast paced thrill ride. Well, there you go. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks for checking out another episode of it. Um, And hopefully you could uh, sit through it. (laughs) Or maybe you're using it to uh, fall asleep. But either way, thanks for checking it out. Uh, Thanks to the unis. Thanks to Nalo. And uh, we'll see you in a week. I love you.